0: The Action Network podcast. I'm just about that action, boss.
1: Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Your host today, Brendan Glasheen. We are here to provide a sports betting legalization update for you folks. We like to do this once or twice a year and give folks a lay of the land, where the landscape is as it pertains to legal sports betting. We've come a long way. In five years, maybe if you're listening, your state has become legal in recent months, in the last year or so. But enough from me. I'd like to welcome in two guests that can help dive into this topic and give us a sense of where we're at. First, we have Eric Raskin, Managing Editor, Media Director at usbets.com. Jeff Edelstein, Senior Analyst at Sports Handle. And these guys also work together. They co-host a podcast, Gamble On, Gamble On podcast where they uh, break down the the nuts and bolts of what we're going to talk about today, the legalization of sports betting. So, gentlemen, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to this conversation and giving folks an understanding of where we're at uh, at this point in early 2023. Eric, I'll start with you. We'll start with an online perspective. Where are we at in terms of fully online sports betting and where it's available? So we are uh,
2: very rapidly nearing the halfway point. I guess if we uh, we're not just 50 states, we're uh, 52 territories if we count D.C. and Puerto Rico. So uh, sports betting is fully online in 25 of those 52, 24 states plus D.C. Uh, Then there are some additional ones, uh, Kentucky, Maine and Puerto Rico have all legalized online sports betting, but it's not yet up and running in any of those places yet. So whichever the next one is, it's going to take us to the halfway point, 26 out of 52, which is uh, not bad, I'd say, for for five years. I I, I don't know whether I, uh, people would say that's ahead of or behind where they projected things uh, in 2018, but um, I... I I think uh, if, if anything, uh, probably given how difficult it can be sometimes to pass some of this legislation, I would say all in all, the sports betting uh, industry should feel pretty good about getting half the states across the finish line uh, in within five years after PASPA.
0: It's, you know, it's obviously and I'm sure we'll touch on this at some point. It'd be nice to get those big three. Right. Literally, the three biggest states in the nation by population, you know, in uh, California, Florida and Texas Nowhere closer and in some cases, maybe even further away than we were at this point last year, at least in the case of Florida and uh, California. So, you know, that those are the three big states that, that we're going to be watching probably for another good two, three, four or five years. I don't you know. It, it could be a while we, still, I think.
2: We, we did have Florida for a brief moment there, just long enough for Calvin Ridley to place a few bets uh, in, <laughs> in Florida, unfortunately for him.
1: I think some folks like that. That story is. I mean, yes, that was what a two- was that a two week period or a one week period? I mean, it, it, he didn't waste any time.
0: It wasn't long. Yeah, it right. Was, <laughs> it, it was a very brief moment in time. Right. My
1: God. Well, <laughs> so Florida's not on this list. When I ask this next question, um, Jeff, so how, Jeff, where are we at as far as a tally of states that are up and running from a mobile perspective?
0: Uh, mobile and and mobile.
1: Yeah, sure. Take yeah, mobile and um, sure, 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 In person,
0: yeah, yeah. It, we're up to thirty three plus DC and Puerto Rico. Uh, so you know, there's a handful of states like Montana, Nebraska, uh, North Carolina, um, not North Carolina. Uh, you know, but there's a, there's a handful of states where it's legal in person, but not yet legal online, or never going to be legal online, at least for the you know the the short term future. Um, you know, and there's a few more states that are going to be up and running as as the uh, as the calendar ticks by here this year.
2: Yeah. And and North North Carolina is one of those. You were you were right the first time, Jeff, that North Carolina has retail, but not they haven't quite legalized mobile yet. But this is something that Jeff and I have talked about a, a bit on our podcast, just the the speed at which it's rolling out, the fact that you know, so what are we at that 33 plus DC and Puerto Rico have something up and running. So 35 out of 52. It's a good thing for us as people covering this industry that we didn't get 50 states uh, legalizing in the first two or three years after pass, because then we'd have nothing to talk about, uh, and, and nothing <laughs> nothing to cover on a day-to-day basis. So it's kind of good, bad for the people in those states that haven't yet legalized, that want to be able to play sports bets, uh, but good for us as journalists covering this industry that it's been this sort of gradual rollout and we still have a lot to talk about five years in.
1: So from an online and in-person perspective, now I'm, I'm trying to compartmentalize states that are, in good that have good momentum right now. And I think, Eric, you had mentioned a couple that are are in that process of or are in the pending stages of of becoming legal from a mobile perspective or an in-person perspective. What states have made the biggest uh, legislative moves here in the last year or so? Yeah, so
2: there there's a bunch. So So the ones I mentioned at the top were Kentucky, Maine and Puerto Rico have, in fact, fully legalized. They just haven't launched yet. Um, but then there are some that uh, are, are getting real close. Vermont is one that stands out. Um, their legislative session runs until May 19th. They have a bill there that has passed the House. It's waiting on the Senate. Seems like uh, the sources on the ground in Vermont are feeling confident. Uh, they're the last holdout state in New England that does, hasn't passed anything yet, but they're suddenly getting very close. Um, and then the the other one. Uh, South Carolina has a bill in committee, although it seems unlikely to actually get done this session, but at least things are creeping along there. There there are a bunch of other ones that have made some moves, but are in that uh, South Carolina category of not feeling overly optimistic that they're getting it done on this try, I guess the one other one to feel optimistic about is North Carolina, which Jeff had mentioned. They already have retail betting at, I believe, it's three tribal casinos in the state, uh, but but they don't yet have mobile betting. But a bill there has cleared the house, and people are optimistic that that could pass this year. They're in session through uh, the end of August, so they do have some time to get that one done. Jeff, anything to add
1: on that front?
0: No, it just, you know, it's the, the three states that I mentioned at the top that, you know, like in California, Texas and Florida, you know, California tried with a couple of uh, voter propositions. They failed miserably. Seems like the big stumbling block there is uh, the tribes want to keep it all to themselves. You know, the operators want a piece, you know, there, so there's a lot of uh, moving parts there. Florida, they're in court. Again, it's a tribal issue. Uh, That's, you know, kind of started blocking things. Texas seems more of a, um, you know, like a culture clash a little bit, where there's a a pretty large contingent of Republicans, including the lieutenant governor, who uh, under no circumstances want to see sports betting in their state, uh, which tells you how, you know, just when you thought Mark Cuban and Jerry Jones were the two most powerful human beings on earth, you know, maybe not so much.
2: Um, You know, Texas is interesting just in that uh, and the culture situation there. I think with southern states, um, not across the board, but there is a commonality of you have sort of cultural slash religious pushback in a lot of southern states that can make it difficult to get these bills really moving. Um, Texas, obviously, the the biggest one of those. But Georgia is another one that has tried and failed year in and year out. And every year, I think, you know, we have some colleagues who live in Georgia and they get real optimistic and they think this is going to be the year. And then for one political reason or another, it, it doesn't go anywhere. Um, I had mentioned South Carolina as one that seems unlikely to get done there. There are these we we don't have that as much, you know. I'm in Pennsylvania. Jeff's in New Jersey. Up here in the Northeast, there isn't that same level of culture clash and and the power of the uh, the religious faction to stand in the way of these things. Well, we're heathens. <laughs> there is that <laughs> across uh, fr- throughout each of our states every single person is <laughs> I'm
1: I'm from Massachusetts so when Eric said the phrase this is the year it made me think of Jimmy Fallon and fever pitch when he's smelling the tickets uh, <laughs> This is the year for the right and and Massachusetts had its bumps and bruises going along the way to, to finally get legal as of the I think what was it Fully mobile as of March, and then fully legal. I think a month before that in February, as far as the uh, in person goes, and then a month later they they got on the uh, on the mobile side of things. Uh, so so Jeff, I want to go to you on this because you referenced, uh, or maybe it was Eric. I apologize. One of you mentioned the like Texas, for example, like they're not going near it, and you've got uh, a great sports uh, conglomerate in Texas. You got the you know, Cuban Jerry Jones, and you have the college, the, the college aspect as well with college football being so big there. Um, we'll start with this: what states are, are are operating with better's best interests? And then I mean, I would assume Texas would be a good example of a state that's kind of fumbling the bag here, Jeff.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, by not offering it, Texas is kind of fumbling fumbling the bag. But uh, I think states are doing it right. You can look at New Jersey, you look at Pennsylvania, you look at Colorado, you look at Arizona, basically you look at states that have really opened up the, uh, you know, for the ability for numerous online sports books to uh, enter the market. Um, New Jersey, of, all, of them all might, you know, I, I guess I'm a homer here, but they might be doing it the best out of them all in that they, they have the some exchange uh, betting sites up and running and profit exchange and sport trade, which offer, you know, legitimately better odds. Um, and, you know, the bottom line is this, the more competition theoretically, the better for the customer, right? Now many sports books, you know, are operating on this, you know, so-called European model where, uh, you know, they're, they're you know, people are getting limited and people are being banned, but there's enough sports books that aren't really doing that at, t- t- at a high level. And there's some that won't ever do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we're waiting for Circa to come to New Jersey. That's one that you know, everyone like wants to see happen here. Um, but yeah, states where they have opened it up and allowed the competition almost by definition are the ones doing it good. Uh, on the flip side of that, the ones doing it bad. T- you mentioned Tennessee, yeah, I, think, I think earlier. Um, Tennessee is not doing it great because right now the law demands a ten percent hold, uh, which is, is insane. Um, uh, is that a fair? Is that a fair to say, Eric? Is that like <laughs> I mean, they're the only ones like that even sniff something like this.
2: Yeah, I, re- I remember when they were first tossing around that idea that the the sports books in Tennessee had to hold at least 10 percent in order to not get fined and penalized. And it, it just struck everyone who understands sports betting as as absurd. Uh, you, you can't. Gary a short, uh, you know if you're running slot machines you can i suppose set them up to guarantee an an over 10% hold uh, in terms of the return to player but with sports betting how do you control that and and so uh it's created this situation where there's always concern that they're going to have to give the customers worse odds, that if you're placing a parlay in Tennessee, maybe they're gouging you that much more and you can't see it baked into the numbers to make sure that Tennessee comes out ahead. And I don't think they've run into any issues so far in terms of actually hitting that hold, although maybe a couple of sports books have had to pay a, a, a one-month penalty here or there. Uh, you will like see...
0: Yeah, I was just saying, you, you will see minus like 117 sides in Tennessee, right. you know, hmm. which is obviously... Terrible. Right? Right. You know, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's you know, they they these books have to hit their number. Um, And then the other states that aren't doing great are, are the polar opposite of what I was saying earlier, with states that give you a lot of opportunities, a lot of choices. You know, D.C. only has gambit. I mean, that's been a disaster. Like uh, they put out a press release during the Super Bowl highlighting the fact that they didn't have any glitches. I mean that's a that's a pretty <laughs> low bar, and then there's states like Oregon, there's states like New Hampshire. It's it's one horse towns. It's it's DraftKings, and that's it. You know they they right. they they are the ones who made the deal, and so you know you're only getting, you know you're only getting one option, uh, and so it you know that that to, to me I you know it's it, that's the big deal, Eric. I mean I I know Eric was talking about it, you had mentioned in private right about New York.
2: Right. New New York is an unusual one in that because of the extraordinary tax rate there, the 51 percent tax rate, Everything started out great. You know, the people were were signing up and getting these tremendous bonus offers to to sign up. And you had room for nine sports books, which I think is enough to satisfy uh, uh, Jeff's need for competition and, and, and options. It's not quite as many as New Jersey, where you can get over 20. But, you know, nine is, is reasonable enough. But because of that tax rate, um, it's just made it really difficult for sportsbooks to be profitable. I mean, you know, FanDuel, the national market leader, seems to be doing just fine in New York. There are a couple others keeping their head above water, but it sure feels like because of that tax rate, you're not going to have nine books sustain in New York over the long term. It's probably going to end up consolidating down to about four or five that survive. And once it gets to that point, that doesn't give the customer a whole lot of options to just have four or five major sportsbooks to choose from and none of the small ones survive.
1: So the number one factor based on what I've heard is just availability, availability of of number of books is your is the key component when you answer this kind of question.
2: I think that's where I it starts. So. Yeah. yeah, certainly. I mean, if, if we were using uh, Texas as the launching off point where you have zero. Uh, so that's that's the worst case scenario. <laughs> that's an obvious your, one. Yeah. Your state hasn't launched yet. Yeah. Um, but if, if they have, yeah, those those states where there's just one sports book. This is something that Jeff always says, and it's not just a New Jersey Homer thing. I don't think I think it's a sensible thing. Why doesn't everyone just follow what New Jersey did? They got in first. Uh now you can tweak it a little. Their tax rate is perhaps too low. I think you could make the case that uh for the good of the um for the good of the state, uh you'd like a slightly higher tax rate so that, so that the state itself is making more money. But aside from that, and what New Jersey's tax rate, I think it's like 8.5% on retail and 12% online somewhere in that neighborhood. It's so much lower than most states. That aside, New Jersey has a lot of regulations that just make sense and they and they laid out the blueprint and then these other states come online and and uh, the politicians want to all get their finger in there and reinvent the wheel. And you end up with states like Tennessee doing these really funky things.
1: From, uh, so uh, similar to the question I asked about momentum for states just making legislative moves to become legal in person or mobile are there any states, though, that are making progress to better their availability that you would rank higher than others, Jeff?
0: Not really. Tennessee does have a bill that would get rid of the 10 percent hold regulation, and replace it with. For the sports books, an equally horrifying tax on handle, hmm. uh, you know, which would be bad if they have a losing month. Obviously, they'd be getting hit both sides. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not maybe Eric can 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 top it here, but I, I'm not familiar with any states looking to make any significant changes as it stands
2: right now. No, I mean, New York floated the idea shortly after launch. Um, they they had a, had a bill introduced. I don't think it went very far. Uh, they So they, they had room for nine sports books. But if they had allowed more, it would have lowered the tax rate. And so uh, Joe Adabo, the state senator there, uh, started to try to eke in that direction to welcome more books. Uh, but that got trashed. I think that they basically sort of realized even to have the nine that they had with some of them struggling to, to really make money. It didn't make sense at that point to expand. And then this goes into a whole separate topic, but now Joe Adabo has focused his attention on trying to get online casino legalized in New York, which is the, uh, the, the follow-up to sports betting in a lot of states that eventually we're going to see these online casino floodgates open up. And that's uh, where the biggest money is to be made for the operators.
1: You, you both have discussed odds. I'm curious, like New York, for example, you can't bet awards. So I'm now, now I'm asking about markets. Any yeah. insight on markets in, in New York specifically? Like that's, that's one that I running in. We do shows here all the time, NFL, uh, UFC, Major League Baseball, NBA, I mean, go right down the list. We we cover it all here at Action Network. But when we dive in and we've got some of our our contributors are based in New York or New Jersey doesn't fit this, but New York, you can't bet a war. I'm just curious from a market perspective. Now we're getting into the real nitty gritty. Any update there if New York might sway in on the awards front? I haven't no. heard
2: anything about them considering changing that rule. I'm in Pennsylvania where it's we have the same rule. We can't okay. bet the awards here either. There's also a, a sort of an interesting rule in Pennsylvania that a few other states have. We can't bet college player props. And I'm not sure. I can't recall if New York has that same thing. Mass or, is the or same not. way. Massachusetts, okay, is, Massachusetts well. is. Yeah. yeah. Um, which to an extent makes some sense if you are worried about the morality and the ability to to influence the athletes from the money coming in uh, that, that maybe there's a line to be drawn there of you can bet on college teams, but once you can start betting on individual players, maybe it opens things up to that little bit more risk. I'm not saying that that is or isn't the case, but I think it's a reasonable stance to take that, uh, that maybe that that's a reasonable line to draw of no college player props, but it is uh, as a better in a state with, with that restriction it basically kills same game parlays on college games for me. If right. I can't do any player props, how am I going to be? You know, all I can build is a uh, a point total and a, and a, and a spread parlay, and that's not a lot of fun.
1: Right. Anything to add, Jeff, on that front? Just more yeah. Curious. I mean,
0: as far as I know, I mean, I think the award markets, like the Oscars, I think there's only like four or five states: New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana. Yeah. Surprisingly, Michigan
2: um, maybe has it. I believe
0: Michigan might. I can't, yeah. I can't keep it straight, but it's not, a lot, and a lot of places I, they, you know, it's also like the, the, you know, the player award stuff, not every state allows those markets as well. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see more of that stuff. I think it makes it uh, pretty interesting. I mean, there was like, a, there was like this scuttlebutt that the WWE was seeking to like get betting on their matches legalized. This was before it was announced that, you know, they were merging with the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if, well, I think a lot of these things, Colorado, I think, is really at the vanguard of this. Arizona also. Um, Arizona, for a hot minute, they 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 uh, allowed betting on political markets, which is like uh, as gray a gray area as you can get. Uh, they, I think they did it in error, so they pulled it back. But Arizona is pretty wide open, too, when it comes to some of these betting markets. I, I, and so I, I think Colorado and Arizona, you know, the Wild West, as it were, are, are really the ones to keep an eye on because i think you know it, it, basically from what it comes down to these states at this point they they wait for the operators to come to them when it comes to opening up new markets it's not like a legislator is sitting around saying hey let's open up the Oscar <laughs> markets yeah. you know it's it's the operators going directly to the the uh you know the state regulatory boards and as, as again colorado and arizona have been very welcoming to a lot of different um, idea. So I think, you know, those are the states that keep an eye on um, as far as like extending like what you can and can't bet on. Because, I, I mean, you could bet on the Oscars, but I, I don't think you could bet on the Emmys or the Grammys. I don't think in any state currently, but I, which surprises me because why not? But, you right. know,
2: and and it does seem also the states that allow that sort of thing. Am I right, Jeff? They have uh, fairly low limits on how much you can bet uh, on the Oscars, at least relative to sports.
0: It, it it would certainly seem that way. I mean, I, you know, th- I, I have definitely run into a couple of uh, two or three dollar limits when trying to get some money down on uh, Lady Gaga to win Best Supporting Actors, which I'm glad <laughs> I got I got busted. She wasn't even nominated.
2: <laughs> that that shows you uh, how far out ahead of these things Jeff is. He's, he, he likes to bet the Oscars markets before the nominations even come out.
0: Uh, hey, listen, I had everything everywhere at uh, plus 1400.
2: Come on, that's, you know.
0: Anything do think I can afford this beautiful office.
1: Look, well, as we sit here today, mid-April, I think it's a fascinating topic because of how the NBA MVP market has shifted in the last month or two based oh. on Embiid and Jokic and Giannis has, has, of course, got his name in the mix probably every year now going forward. And then the other one that's really relevant now is the NFL draft coming up yeah. in, a, in a couple of weeks, right? Where like, that's been Fascinating to follow, and news, of course, is a bit is is a market that could. Uh, it's not just results oriented. News reports that come out um, shift those things. So I'm just I wanted to dive into that intricacy because I just think it's I think folks are interested, especially folks that don't have that available to them in their respective states. So uh, yeah. we'll wrap on this. This is a, this is more of a big picture topic and this is the one that I'm, I'm really interested in. And I think the audience will be as well. Um, well. We'll go to Eric first here. Just where do you see, like we, we used, you know, five years into this, where do we see the industry headed at this point? And how do you feel the direction has shifted, changed? How does it feel in terms of a direction we're heading in maybe than a year ago now? So I, a couple of things that,
2: that stand out to me uh, are are just in terms of where we're headed, the growth that we've seen through these first five years, obviously it has to tail off at a certain point in terms of the number of states that, you know, if you can get 25 states across the finish line in five years, uh, you're, you're not going to keep going at a five state per year pace indefinitely or even at all at this point. It's now it's like, maybe three states this year, maybe two states the next year. So so the exponential growth, we're going to keep growing. It won't be as exponential just from a legalization standpoint. Just it's a numbers game. You can't the bigger picture thing that I would foresee happening. I don't know if it'll be in the next year necessarily, maybe more long range than that. But I had dropped the, the term consolidation earlier. I think we're going to see more and more consolidation of sports books, with the the big books at the top winning out, and the medium to smaller books getting swallowed up. Um, that you know, how many different operators do we have nationwide right now? Twenty something that operate in one state or another. If I had to guess, five years from now, I I, I would imagine we'll have like half that number. That it's just these these the smaller fish swimming in this ocean just uh, aren't aren't, aren't going to survive um with the way that it it's currently set up that would be the big trend i think to look for going forward a few years down the road is you know will we ever get like the FanDuel and DraftKings merged together into one absolute giant? Maybe not, but could FanDuel swallow up i I'm just throwing out there hypothetical, FanDuel swallows up a points bet, DraftKings and win bet come together. And before you know it, we're down to like three or four at the top and nothing underneath.
1: So it's like forming super teams in- Actual sports. Essentially, you've got you've got
2: the Phoenix Suns and uh, and you've got <laughs> the Warriors of the past or whatever. And uh, meanwhile, <laughs> down there, the uh, the, Char- the Charlotte Hornets aren't sticking around. We've seen with some of these smaller sports books that you can't just roll out of bed and decide you want to open a sports book and know how to do everything. Um, the, the bigger books, the ones that have been at it for a while, particularly the ones that uh, were operating in the DFS space beforehand and, and really knew what they were doing. It's easy to go on to some of these books, sign up, get your account started, get it funded. There are other sports books that, uh, you know, it, it, you're jumping through hoops just to try to get your account started. Um, the the user experience, the smoothness between some of the bigger books and the smaller books. So it's not just that the bo- bigger books will have the advantage of the marketing and, and the funding to succeed, but it's also just the, the experience, the size of the staff running it uh, that sometimes creates a big difference between the, the haves and the have-nots within the industry.
0: Product matters, you know, it really does in this industry. You know, the, the ease of being able to like, you know, go from screen to screen or like easily find where the player props are. FanDuel, DraftKings, you know, they're they're at the top in many cases for that reason. Like some of these books, it's, it's maddening to try to like get through the screens. It's maddening to try to find what you're looking for. There, there's no real good order that things are presented in. Product does matter a lot.
1: Jeff, anything to add there as far as where we're heading here for the industry?
0: You know over the course of the last four or five months, the headwinds have turned dramatically against sports betting. Uh, it started really with the New York Times hit piece we'll call it concerning you know how the you know lobbyists and politicians work together specifically in the sports betting industry to get laws passed. Uh, there's just been a rash of anti-sports betting opinion pieces anti-sports advertising uh, bills you know from the state to the federal level uh you know i I just wrote a story where michigan state professors use the mass shooting at that school to compare it to like the safe you know keeping their students safe from the dangers of sports betting uh we've got we've hit kind of like a bit of a hysterical stage you would think it was like uh you know sports betting industry was genghis khan and the mongolian hordes you know coming at you here uh it's not we know that but i think the industry does need to weather um this run of uh negative press that it's been getting uh the most with the most important thing being a bill that like everyone in the industry is kind of scoffing at uh, a federal bill from a New York legislator, uh, Tonko's his name, that would seek to ban sportsbook advertising, much in the same way that, like, cigarette advertising is severely uh, limited. Um, nobody really thinks it's going to happen. Obviously, getting anything done in D.C. is, you know, a heavy lift these days. But, you know, oh. a, few, a few high-profile <laughs> negative sports betting outcomes right now, right, would be very damaging, I think, to the – You know, general health of the industry. So I I think that, you know, it, it, I think it behooves the operators right now to kind of just take a little bit of a step back when it comes to like, you know, being as in their, in our faces as they have been the last few years. Kind of reminiscent going back to 2015 when DraftKings and FanDuel were running DFS commercials. You know, I think they set, you know, literally set records for spend, ad spends that year. Um, so, yeah, I just think that, you know, the, the industry is facing some negative press that it really wasn't getting uh, its first few years. And, you know, I, I, I'd i like to see it weather that storm as we as we move forward.
2: Yeah. And to, to plug a, a piece that I wrote last week, um, I think that the the theoretical potential existential threat to the industry um, that I think much more potentially damaging than Responsible gambling problems or in excess of advertising or whatever else the legislators are focused on is this trend we're seeing of aggrieved sports bettors lashing out at athletes uh, online, in person. Right. The, the Bradley Beal incident where someone says you cost me up. 1300 bucks, and he, Beal takes a swipe at him and it's a, and it's a whole mess. Uh, the worst example that we've seen so far was that guy, uh, Benjamin Parley Pats, who uh, may actually made online threats to a bunch of baseball players and was prosecuted for it. Um, that's the worst we've seen so far. Hopefully that is as bad as it gets. But should anything worse than that ever happen? Should some sports better actually get violent toward an athlete? I think that's the biggest threat to the industry. That's when you'll see the politicians trip over each other racing for the soapbox to say, ban this industry. It's horrible for everyone.
1: Well, and the other the other newsworthy element, sort of to piggyback off you, the commanders will have in person betting at their stadium for this coming season. I think I think that's happening, correct? Yeah. Right. They they have a sports book. I So, it, yeah, like in Arizona, there's
2: a sports book that's not quite connected to the stadium, but it basically yep. is on the stadium grounds. And, yeah, the commanders are putting the one in the stadium. And, yeah, look, there's a potentially dangerous, toxic combination of at a game, alcohol, money on the game. You know, things can get ugly and it's just important for the um for the responsible gambling messaging to get out there and for, of course, people to uh, i don't I don't know I don't know how uh, in 2023 that I, that there's any much point in me uh, telling people behave yourselves better uh be a decent human be mature don't don't scream at athletes online but that's you know that it, it is a threat to the industry if, uh, if if something like that happens
1: so another layer that we need to peel off from the idea of uh, operators and state governments and this kind of ties back into whether a state wants to go in the direction of legalizing sports betting in their state and thinking of the better's best interests, we don't talk a whole lot about the black market. Are regulators and state governments considering it all? How do we outplay or weigh down the impact of the black markets?
2: Yeah, I think what you see in most states when bills are being introduced and the the, the people behind the bills usually get that point across or attempt to get that point across that. People in our state are betting anyway. It's up to us to make sure that they're doing it safely under regulation here within the state by us legalizing it, uh, that they're not using offshore sports books, that they're not still going to their bookies. We want to give them that alternative to hopefully keep it in states, and then, and then we as a state can get the tax dollars from it. That's the when, you know, it spoke about how there's sometimes a cultural or religious uh, pushback against legalizing. Um, you have to communicate to the people who are opposed to it that it is happening anyway. We're just trying to put it, bring it out into the open, out of the shadows and make it safer. Um, and And you're not just. Those legislators in favor of sports betting aren't just uh, posing the problem of the black market as an alternative. But in a lot of states, you see them posing uh, like here in Missouri, where we haven't legalized yet. People are driving right across the border into any of these five states that border us that have legal sports betting and they're siphoning our tax dollars. So, So that's all part of the argument for legalizing is one way or another, our citizens are doing it. We should be making money off of it.
1: Jeff and Eric, give me your last two states that will legalize sports betting. Jeff, go. Uh,
2: It's got to be Utah and
1: Idaho. Zero chance there. And I'll go uh, Utah and Alaska. Eric Raskin, managing editor, media director, usbets.com. He just mentioned he has his latest column is up as well. You should check it out. And Jeff Edelstein, senior analyst at Sports Handle. Gentlemen, thanks so much for stopping by. This was great. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. All right. Uh, for Jeff Edelstein, Eric Raskin, Brendan Glassheen. thanks for tuning in to the Action Network podcast, your latest in sports betting legalization. The Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. We'll talk to you again real soon.
0: Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.